Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, everyone, and what a wonderful song for Thanksgiving. And with that, tonight here on Reaching Out Radio, Pastors Brian and Leah are going to be sharing four things that can assist you with defining who you really are. And these will help you with your walk in life and to give you encouragement with meeting your challenges and your purpose and your journey. And we want you to remember that regardless of your age, your position, or your station in life, that God has a plan and a purpose just for you. Amen. So this evening, uh, folks, we're going to be talking about uh, four things that are going to help bring you some hope. And they are to be thankful in thanksgiving, to have hope, Mm -hmm. to cast forth, and to be blessed. Amen. And so, before we get started, I'd like to pray for us before we start the program this evening. So, Father, we just come before you now. We thank you for a wonderful day of Thanksgiving. We thank you for the rain and the cool weather that we got down here in Columbus today. And, uh, Father, we thank you for all things that you do. Father, we pray for our country. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our pastors and for our first responders. And especially, Father, we pray for those who protect and serve in our country, Father. Mm -hmm. And so, Father, we just, again, we just give you praise and glory because all glory goes to you. So, Father, we just thank you again. We ask you to bless us. All in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, greetings from scenic Columbus, Texas, where the town here is located on the beautiful, beautiful Colorado River. And we just want you to know that Columbus is the oldest surveyed and plotted Anglo-American town in Texas. And they say that it is on this side of the legendary Indian village of Montezuma. And they say that members of Stephen F. Austin's Old 300 group began arriving way back in the area about 1821. And so with that, we just want to say good evening, sister, and evangelist Montel Fields, and I'm Brian Fouts. And I'm Leah Fouts. And this evening, we're excited to be back here on Reaching Out Radio, where we're reaching out to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. Now, for those of you in the listening area, we want to share with you that Leah and I are with Hazak Ministries, and that our ministry was started with the vision to bring a message of hope, healing, and encouragement to those who are hurting, lost, or are hopeless. The word Hazak is a Hebrew word. It means to make, make or be strong, to strengthen, to sustain, to support, and to encourage. And we hope that you, our listening listeners, will be encouraged with our message this morning, evening. And if you've missed any of our previous radio programs, you can always go to Reaching Out Radio at www.blogtalkradio and just type in Brian and Leah Fouts, and there you can find all of our previous shows and listen to them free on demand so we've got a really great show in store for you tonight folks and again as i shared this evening we're going to be talking about four things that are going to bring you hope and they are being thankful and thanksgiving hope cast forth and being blessed so with that let's get started are you ready leah 
Yep, let's go. Well, you know, I just love just living out here in the country and especially near the Colorado River. Me too. And, you know, it's really beautiful out here. Oh, yes, it is. And I just love the people who live here, and it is very peaceful. And, you know, there's lots of country roads out here that we can take to go travel on just for my little bride. (laughs) That's right. It is peaceful, and I love the drives we take. Now, tonight we're going to be talking about being thankful and thanksgiving. Thankful and thanksgiving, two of my favorite words. This is really awesome. Yes, it is, and learning what it means to be thankful and to have Thanksgiving in our lives. These are going to be fun topics for our listeners tonight. You bet. So, folks, grab your pen or pencil and some paper and get ready to learn some really great tips for your walk in life. Or get to your computer or iPad or iPhone and be prepared with some ideas to help you and your future. All right, so with that, we're going to get started right here. So as we begin, we thought that we would it would be great to talk about what that word thanksgiving means literally. Oh, literally? Yep. yep. So Leah, why don't you get us started on that? I would love to. So everyone, grab your Bibles, or if you're on your computer, or if if you have your iPad with you, turn to your favorite Bible program of website link. Then go to the book of Psalms, chapter 26, verse 7. And I am reading this from the King James Bible that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. I just love that, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Amen. Now, that word thanksgiving in the Hebrew language is the word todah. And not not ta-da, but it's (laughs) todah. And it means confession. It means praise. It means Thanksgiving, and it also means to give praise to God. It also means thanksgiving in songs of worship. Also, it is a hymn of praise. Oh, I just love hymns of praise. And it also means that it's a thank offering, or it's a sacrifice of thanksgiving, or of confession. And in 1 Timothy 4.4, in the New international version it reads for everything god created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received by thanksgiving and that is a really great bible verse leah and thanks for sharing that with our audience and again that word thanksgiving in the greek language is the word euharastiha (laughs) euharastiha sounds like a something you chant at a football game, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, it really means to have thankfulness or the giving of thanks. Now, we wanted to bring you some really neat information on Thanksgiving here in America. 
And so, Leah, are you ready for this? Oh, yes. I have been waiting all week to do this part. This is really cool. All right. Well, first, let's kind of start with the basics of what we really know about Thanksgiving. Okay. What I remember from growing up was that there were some people called pilgrims who came to this country, settled in a place called Plymouth Rock, later met some Indians and then had a big dinner called Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right. Now, that was great, Leah. And if you are like most of us, that is probably what we sometimes remember or that we think about when we remember about Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. just the pilgrims and the Indians. But, you know, I always share with people it's always a good idea and it's fun to go back and see what history really has to say about Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm glad we did because some of the things we read this pa- read this past week, I suddenly remembered and others, wow, I had no idea. Well, as they say in the Bible, let's turn to the beginning. <laughs> uh, okay, so it was in September 1620 that a small ship called the Mayflower left Plymouth, England, mm-hmm. and on board were 102 passengers. And with a group of religious people seeking a new home where they could freely practice their faith, and with them were other individuals possibly sold on the idea of the promise of prosperity and land ownership in the New World. Now, the voyage was not a carnival cruise line ship. (laughs) This this ship had to cross the Atlantic Ocean in late fall. The seas were really rolling, and the trip was unbearable. It took them 66 days to cross the Atlantic. Finally, they hit land. (laughs) Or as they say in Navy terms, they finally dropped anchor. (laughs) And landed right on the tip of Cape Cod, Massachusetts, far north of their intended destination at the mouth of the Hudson River. Ah, they were a little bit off course. Yeah. So here's something to think about. That was 66 days of all of them being on the ocean. And can't you just hear them being like kids now? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? (laughs) Well, anyway, one month later, the Mayflower crossed Massachusetts Bay, where the pilgrims, as they are now commonly known, began the work of establishing a big a village at Plymouth. Now, they say that that first winter was horrible. Historians say that most of the colonists stayed on board on the ship. But the reason that they stayed on board was apparently they suffered from exposure yep. and scurvy. Uh, that's actually a, like, uh, a lack of vitamin C. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this, which causes swollen and bleeding gums yeah. and can open up old wounds? And it also caused other outbreaks of other diseases. Oh, yuck. And I learned that only half of the Mayflower's original crew and guests lived 
to see the first spring in New Zealand, New New England. Okay, Leah, since you really enjoyed finding out stories about your Indian heritage, the next part is yours. You bet. I have been writing some American Indian stories my grandmother used to tell me, and this was some fascinating history. Well, okay, so if it was fascinating, so what did you find? Hmm? History shares that by March, those who were left came ashore, and when they got there, they had an amazing visitor. An amazing visitor. What, were their friends and relatives there, and were they all waiting for them? No, you silly boy. (laughs) They had a visit from an Indian. An Indian? Oh, yes. It was actually an... An Abunaki. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't read Yeah, I always thought it sounded like something from Hawaii, Abunaki. Yeah, Abunaki. And this was neat. Their name means people of the dawn. Wow. And they are the original natives of Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine. Now, wow, that was really cool, Leah. Well, here is something else really neat. Oh, there it is. When when they met the Indian, he actually greeted them in English. Greeted them in English? Really? English? Yep. Then he left, and days later he returned with another Native American from the Patox tribe. Ah, the Patoxit tribe. Wow. Okay, so did this Indian have a name? Yes, he did. His name was Squanto. Squanto? Uh-huh. I've heard that name before. I think <laughs> I remember that name from when I was a child. But no, Leah, I was not there. <laughs> you should. You were there. No, I wasn't. <laughs> okay, thanks for the reminder of me at my age. <laughs> anyway, turns out Squanto was kidnapped by an English sea captain, Mm. sold into slavery, then escaped before going to London and returned to his homeland on an exploration expedition. Well, that's pretty neat. He escaped before making it to London and returned back to his homeland on an exploration expedition. That's pretty cool. All right, so listen, I am sure that our listeners would like to know, so where's the Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, hang on. It's coming. We have to tell the rest of the story here. Squanto taught the pilgrims who were weakened by malnutrition and illness how to cultivate corn, extract sap from maple trees, catch fish in the rivers, and avoid poisonous plants. Ah, so see, they got here, and we all assumed that they knew how to do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But he taught them how to cultivate and plant corn and extract sap from the maple trees and catch fish in the rivers and to avoid the poisonous plants. Yep. And this is really important to know. Squanto helped the settlers. And he helped by making a treaty or an alliance with the local tribe of the Wapananog Indians. 
And this alliance would last for actually more than 50 years and tragically remains one of the last examples of harmony between the European colonists and the Native Americans. It seems like all of the other treaties and relationships went downhill after that. Wow. Now, I did not know that. Now, in November of 1621, the Pilgrims had their first success, successful car, oh, sorry, corn harvest. William Bradford, the governor, organized a celebration feast for everyone. He invited a group of the colony's Native American allies, including the Wampanoa and Chief Massant. That's uh, Chief Massasoit. Oh, yeah. There it is. <laughs> now, and today, this is now remembered as America's first Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And historians say that the pilgrims probably did not use that term of Thanksgiving. But are you ready for this? But the feast lasted for three days. Now, officially, there is no record of what the menu was for that dinner. There is this bit of history, Edward Wilson, who kept records of the pilgrims and wrote this in his journal. Governor Bradford sent four men on a fowling mission in preparation for the event, and that the Wampanoag. Oh, man, I can't read that. That's, that's the Wapananog. Oh, oh, yes. Guests arrived bearing five deer. Wow. And so they say that some of the many dishes that were prepared for that meal, that they were probably Native American mm-hmm. and that they used their own methods and their own spices. And the pilgrims had no oven. Ah, nothing about putting the turkey in there at 375, huh? No. The May flowers sugar supply was all but gone by the fall of of 1621, and the the meals probably did not include any pies, cakes, or other desserts. Oh, man, and no pumpkin pie or pecan pie or apple pie? Nope. Wow. Which today... Those things have, hang on, just today, those things have come part of the American tradition of the Thanksgiving Day dinner. Wow, now that was some really, really amazing information on Thanksgiving. And Leah and I hope that this will help you to share some of this history with your family and your friends. Brian, can we share about that word Thanksgiving on with our listeners? Well, that would be great. So what do you have? The definition of Thanksgiving is the act of giving thanks, grateful acknowledgement of benefits or favors, especially to God. It can also be an expression of thanks, especially to God. It can be a public celebration and acknowledgement of divine favor or kindness. Ooh, I I like those. Oh, it also means a day set apart for giving thanks to God. And this last one was neat. It is also a harvest, a time of gathering crops, you know, like 
grains and fruits and veggies and then giving thanks to God. That is really great. We just don't hear that uh, in the normal studies today about giving thanks to God. And, you know, we just learned about the harvest from our story, mm-hmm. the first successful harvest of corn for the pilgrims. Yep. So what does this story have to do with Thanksgiving, especially for this Bible study? Well, Brian, let's dig a little deeper into another dictionary. Okay, so what did you find in this other dictionary? In the King James dictionary that word thanksgiving means to means to be rendering thanks for good received and it is the act of rendering thanks or or expression expressing for gratitude for favors or mercies uh-huh now, that's really cool, you know, and expressing gratitude for favors or mercies. Oh, yes, and I know that you found some pretty neat things as well this past week. Boy, did I. You know, I found this really great article from the American Church Dictionary and Encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. And here is how that particular article reads for Thanksgiving Day. Uh-huh. It says, the day appointed by the civil authority for the rendering of thanks to God for the blessings bestowed on this land and this nation during this year. And it usually partakes of the nature of a harvest, home festival, mm-hmm. prompted no doubt by the character of the service set forth in the prayer book to be used on this day entitled, A Form of Prayer and Thanksgiving to Almighty God, for the fruits of the earth and all other blessings of his merciful providence. It is interesting to note that the first Thanksgiving Day in America was appointed not by the pilgrims, but as many persons mistakenly believed, but by members of the Church of England. That's right. It wasn't just started by the pilgrims. It was actually started by members of the Church of England. And it was celebrated at Monhonahagen off of the main coast near the mouth of the Kennebec River, which is as far back as 1607. And this was 13 years prior to the arrival of the Mayflower in Plymouth Harbor. And they say that Chaplain Seymour preached a sermon He said, giving God thanks for our happy meeting and safe arrival into ye country. Now, the earliest Thanksgiving Day of the Plymouth colonists actually was done in 1621. Now, I did not realize that Thanksgiving Day was appointed by the members of the Church of England in 1607. You know, wasn't that some really great history? Oh, yes. And so here's a thought for you. It's already November. We're almost through with November. And it is in this month that we all seem to run around like chickens or turkeys, Uh planning for great cooking and a great cooking day. 
and it seems like we all get crazy and stressed out thinking about what are we going to do for this special day and who's coming and who's not. <laughs> I know. Do we decorate the entire house? Do we do both? The inside and the outside. Oh, and what are what what are our neighbors doing? What are our relatives doing? How many people should we invite over this year? What relatives do we invite and not invite? Ooh. Ah, oh, it's kind of like who's on the naughty and nice list? Oh, wait, 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 that's next month. <laughs> so instead of just stressing, we should actually be reflecting. Reflecting. Yes, we should be reflecting. So, we should be reflecting on why we should be thankful. You bet it is. You know, and we could do this or we could make a list of all of the great things that we have done for this year. You mean like I closed the big deal and I got that big promotion, but then that leads to eye trouble. Ha, eye trouble. Got that? Uh, you know, I did this or I did that, and if I hadn't done it, this would not have gone at all. And because of I, 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 etc. That's right. I, 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 I. <laughs> you know, but to really understand where you are in life, you need to reflect on what you were made for. Are you doing what you were called to do? And what are you doing with those special gifts and talents that God gave to you? That's right. So are you using them just for you, (laughs) or are you sharing them with others as God intended? And, you know, sometimes we can get on that old complain train and talk about our aches and our pains And things would much be better if this had happened or if that had happened. But it's not about that. It is about how we are helping others because when we serve him, we serve others. And we are rewarded by the king. What does it mean to be thankful? The online dictionary defines this as being appreciative or expressing gratitude or to be grateful. Now, over in the Hebrew... This word is yada, which means to confess to God, to laud, and to give praise and to give thanks. And that doesn't mean yada, 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 yada. (laughs) So how do we know or how do we actually show that we are thankful? We need to learn to display an attitude of gratitude in our speech and in our walk. Oh, I like that. The psalmist shares an example an example of this attitude in the following scripture passage. This is from Psalm 100 with 4 from the NASB. So enter his, his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Now this past week I was sitting out on a park bench out here at Beeson Park here in Columbus looking over the amazing landscape and looking at the Colorado River. And I was reminded of those things that I am thankful for. Thankful that he turned our sorrow into dancing. So have you got something to share with that about turning our sorrow into dancing, Leah? Uh, Well, I think I've 
so what are we sharing next with our listeners this evening? Okay, so I guess you didn't have anything no, to share. That's <laughs> all right. Well, this is going to be an interesting topic for our listeners. How so? Well, we're going to be sharing about what it means to cast forth. Cast forth? Hmm, how cool. So here's a question for our listeners. Is there pain in your life? Wow, what a question. That doesn't mean your spouse. (laughs) Okay. So are any of you feeling stressed out and feeling tense? I don't know about y'all, but I certainly have been feeling that way. Well, and are you feeling like you're stuck in a shell? Wow, stuck in a shell? So what is the answer, Brian? Well, then maybe it's time for you to cast forth. Did I hear you correctly? Yes, you did. You heard me right. It's time to cast forth from that shell and get it off of your body. Wow, what a concept. Where did that come from? Well, you know, I do a lot of walking out here on our street and also out at Beeson's Park here in Columbus. Mm -hmm. Yes, you do. You like to walk. Yes, I do, and especially at the park because I can watch the river flow by, and it helps me to think. It helps me to relax and reflect. And so Mm -hmm. there I was walking around the little pattern there that I can walk on, And then I heard this phrase kind of pop into my head. It's time to cast forth. Well, how do you do that, Brian? Cast forth? Were you thinking about throwing a line in the water and start fishing? (laughs) (laughs) No, silly girl. I was thinking about a shell, you know, like the one that we might be stuck in. Mm-hmm. You can actually feel hemmed in at times because of the challenges of life. And this can actually cause us to be unable to move around. And this thought came to me. That is just maybe the time to get rid of that shell that is keeping you from adapting and growing in life. Wow, I never thought of our challenges keeping us in the, in a shell before. That's pretty cool. Well, let's talk about this a little bit. So what does it mean to cast forth? Well, I looked up this, this in Webster's online dictionary. This was pretty interesting, Brian. Webster's says to cast forth means to throw out, eject, or send out. It also means to diffuse, disperse, expel, and pour out. Well, it just might be time to get rid of some of those things, or as we like to say down here in Texas, toss. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Now, that word cast in Hebrew is the word tall, or T-U-L, but it's actually pronounced tool. And it means to throw away, carry away, to hurl or to cast out. Okay. Now, over in Jeremiah 10, uh, 16, verse, verse 13 in the New King James Bible, it reads, Therefore I will cast you out of this land into a land that you do not know, neither you nor your fathers, and there you shall serve other gods day and night, where I will not show you favor. What a great verse. 
Now think about this, folks. We will all go through life and have obstacles and challenges that will come our way. Boy, do we ever. You know, and as a result of that, we can we can actually experience both stress and trauma in our life. Oh, yeah. Now, if you think about it, sometimes this happens because of our fault. Mm-hmm. At other times, it's someone else's fault. <laughs> or maybe it's the group of invisible people who are to blame. <laughs> nobody knows who, so nobody's to blame. Oh, gosh. Now that was funny. So when this happens, folks, we will sometimes crawl back into our shell and hide, hoping that the pain and the discomfort will go away. And we pray that nobody will bother us. Uh-huh. So if you want to have favor in your life, you have to learn to throw away the old character and the old way of doing things in life. What a great life lesson. You bet. We have to learn to rise up for the occasion and look for a better way to go out and to be productive. Amen. And we have to learn to grow to go. Oh, I love that line, grow to go. Now, speaking of shells, I heard a really great story not long ago about the stress lobster. Huh, the stress lobster? Yes, the stress lobster. Mm-hmm. You see, a lobster has a soft body and a hard shell to protect it from the other fish. And when the lobster grows, its body will grow and fit snug into the shell. But in time, it becomes painful and discomfort, and, it, and that discomfort sets in and its body cannot grow anymore. Hmm, this is interesting. So the lobster goes underneath a rock formation, and it does this to protect itself from the predators. And while it's there under this rock group, the lobster then casts the shell off, and then it waits for a new shell to grow onto its body. Wow. Then over time, the lobster will have some more discomfort of being confined by its new shell, and it repeats this process. In fact, this will happen several more times in its lifetime. Wow. But, Brian, why do they do this? Well, that's a good question, Leah. And by doing this process, this will bring relief to the stress and the trauma of the shell that is keeping the lobster from growing. Oh, that is cool. And listeners, just like the lobster, we can stop growing by seeing a doctor every time that we mentally feel bad. Take a pill and feel good for only a little while because of the (laughs) confinement and the stress. But it will only last for a while, and we will never grow beyond our walls. Wow. But guess what? What, Brian? When we do this, we are still in that old shell. And it will be tight, and it will be painful, and there will be discomfort in everything that we do. Mm -hmm. And if we continue to do this, we may never grow beyond our own shell. Oh, my gosh. I never thought of that. And, you know, someone once said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. How very true. So you see, our life can be just like that lobster. Mm -hmm. There will be different seasons that we go through and some that we like and, sadly, some that we don't like. (laughs) That reminds me of a a Bible verse. This is from Ecclesiastes 3, 
1, and I am reading this from the Amplified Bible. There is a season, a time appointed for everything and a time for every delight and event or purpose under heaven. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 in Amplified. That's a, just an awesome verse, Leah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, with every season, there will be times of stress, mm-hmm. but there will also be times of growth. Oh, amen to that. So by casting off your shell, folks, and being dependent upon the Lord, learning to pray and exercising your faith, you can learn to grow to come out of that old shell. What an awesome word for today. And like we say down here in Texas, just toss them old habits and ways and start looking up for a brighter future. (laughs) And I wanted to share this promise with our listeners today. This is from uh, John 12, 46, from the Living Bible. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer wander in the darkness. And that's John 12, verses, uh, verse 46. Now, so here's a great tip for all of our listeners. If you want to grow, cast forth that shell that you're in and learn to have a more meaningful and joyful life. Wow, what a great study today. You bet. And this was actually fun to kind of work on. And our prayer and hope is that you were blessed so that you begin to learn to expand your horizons and cast forth those things keeping you in a shell. Mm -hmm. And guess what? You'll be glad that you did. Brian, what is next for our listeners this evening? Well, our next topic we want to talk about is something that will really pique your interest. We're going to talk about hope. Awesome. So let's get started, Brian. Yo, all hope is gone, abandoned ship. (laughs) You are just too funny. Oh, no, all hope is gone? What do you mean, all hope is gone? Well, let me ask you and our listeners something. Have you ever felt that all hope is gone? Oh, yes. I've had days like that before. And did you feel like you were ready to head to the rail and just jump ship? Yep. Been there, done that. Got the (laughs) T-shirt. So I love that, Leah. So don't jump ship. Stop, because there is hope yet. Wow. This is going to be a powerful study. Now, while I was walking through the house the other morning, I was pondering on our current seasons in life. And then suddenly this word popped into my mind, hope. Okay, Brian, I am sure that everyone would like to know what this word hope really means. Well, let's take a look and see what it means over in the Webster's Dictionary. And, Leah, I think what I'm going to do is I think I'm going to read that, okay? Okay. Well, they define hope like this. It means to want something to happen or to be true and to think that it could happen or be true. It also means to cherish or desire with anticipation or to trust. It's an expectation of obtainment and to expect something with confidence. Okay. Now, you know, it sounds like the old saying about the little engine that could. I know I can. I know I can. I know I can. I I can do this. 
Oh, that's great. But, Brian, some people may say, I don't think I can have hope. Is it real? I have had too many disappointments or or failures, and there is just nothing left in me. Well, that's a great question, Leah. And the shepherd David, who would later become king of Israel, wrote about hope and where it lies. It says, this is from Psalms 31:24, and I'm going to be reading this from the King James Version. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, and ye that hope in the Lord. Let me repeat that again. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, and ye that hope in the Lord. Now, this word hope in Hebrew is the word yehel, and it means to wait it means to have hope, and it means to expect. So why is hope important, Brian? Do we really need this in life? Well, you bet we do. You see, with hope and with God's help, you can overcome anything in life. Can you give the listeners an example? Well, sure. I remember reading an article one time where someone said that you can break anyone down, and if you take everything away from them, them that they will just give up and they'll give in and they will die but they said that the hardest thing to do is to break someone who still has hope so what you're saying is you take away their hope that's right because if people have hope they will have the desire to live and they will have the desire to rise up and they will have the expectations to be set free Wow, that is so cool, Brian. So how do we find that hope? Ah, it takes faith, brothers and sisters. It takes faith. I want to read a promise about hope. This is from Hebrews 11.1 in the NIV. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I love that. And it is by that faith that our hope is born and that we are strengthened by our faith and the hope. But, Brian, I don't know how to do this. How do I get this hope? Well, I've learned some time ago that prayer is the answer to everything, not just some things or most things, but in all things. You know, and we found this in one of our favorite prayers that comes from the Gospel of Mark in 1123 through 24. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is from the NIV version. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Amen. Therefore, I tell you that whatever that you ask for in prayer, believe that you've already received it, and it will be yours. You know, now if you look back at these verses, folks, you will see that you can ask for anything, but here is something important to remember. Do not doubt, and when you pray, believe that you have already received it. That's right, Brian. Don't doubt. Have faith. Hey, dude, it's already been given to you. All you have to do now is to prepare to receive it. I love that last half of that verse. 
whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Amen. Amen. And I'm reminded of that word hope from a line in an old World War II movie called The Halls of Montezuma. In the movie, the actor Richard Widmark is a platoon leader of a Marine unit. His unit's getting ready to disembark from the ship and head to the beaches of the enemy. And as he gets ready to go topside, he sees a man waiting for him in the doctor's cabin. He is scared and does not want to leave the ship. Richard Widmark suddenly has a flashback in his mind. And in his vision, he remembers that this same man prior to the war, that Woodmark was a teacher and that this man was one of his students. Mm -hmm. And that the student had a challenge with speaking because he stuttered. (laughs) So to help him get past these challenges, Woodmark, as the teacher, had his students slow down his speech and then he would have him recite a simple little phrase. And one of the phrases that he did was he wrote this little phrase on the chalkboard. And he said on that chalkboard, repeat this, hope is the mother of all mankind. Hope is the mother of all mankind. And in time, this student learned to get past his challenges. And with hope, he began to speak clearly with confidence. That is powerful. So I want to encourage you this week to remember where our hope comes from. And since losing our only daughter, Victoria, back in 2004, we prayed to the Father for his grace and for his peace and for his hope for the future. Amen. And those prayers were answered. When people ask us where our hope comes from, we share with confidence. Our hope comes from the Lord. In Psalm 62, verse 5, from the Amplified Bible, it reads, For God alone my soul waits in silence and quietly submits to him, for my hope is from him. I just love that. And as you prepare to go out into the world this week, we pray that the Lord will give you hope to bring you healing and to give you encouragement. Wow, what a great study today, Brian. And our prayer and hope is that you were blessed. And here's something neat. The Lord can also wipe away all of your tears, and he can renew your heart and renew your soul. Oh, yes, he does. And here is a reminder of his love and power. This is from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, New New International Version. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. And I wanted to share with you this as well. And this is from Revelation 21.4 from the Amplified Bible. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be any anguish any sorrow or mourning, and nor grief nor pain anymore, for the old conditions and the former order of things have all passed away. So if you need prayer, you can email us through our prayer line at www.com. 
Hazak. Hazak is H-A-Z-A-K ministries.com. And if you feel that you would like to have prayer on a much more personal level, we want you to know that you can always reach us out here at 979-500-4256. Now that number again is 979-500-4256. Wow. What an awesome study we have had tonight, Brian. You bet. So before we close, we wanted to share with you just a couple of God's promises with you about hope. And this is from Jeremiah 29:11. We have all heard this. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, and plans to give you hope and a future. Amen. And here is one of my favorite passages about hope. This is from Romans 15:4 in the NASB, NASB. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. I just love that. Now, Lee and I are going to take a little break here and so we just want you to sit back uh maybe you need to get up and get a glass of tea or something uh or make a short pit stop and we would like for you to enjoy some really nice music here oh yes this is one of brian's original songs it's really cool folks enjoy you bet so like i said just sit back and get ready to enjoy a little bit of music here uh, if I can get my fingers to get it started, <laughs> you know, we're old. <laughs> so we hope that you've enjoyed the uh, show so far, and that we're going to be back in just a little bit. And, uh, oh, boy, i got a new program here. How wonderful. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Let's see if this is going to play here. Okay. Here we go. Perfect.
Well, we hope that you enjoyed that little song there, and uh, we want to kind of get back into the program now. So we're back. So our next part of our study is going to be on the word blessed. Oh, wow. Who knew? (laughs) All right. Well, gobble, 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 gobble. Oh, what on earth was that? A turkey call? Well, yeah, it was. Why on earth did you do that? Well, you know, don't you know what happened today? Well, yes, I do. Today we celebrate Thanksgiving Day. That's right. And so here's something of interest about Thanksgiving Day. It was on October the 3rd, 1789, that George Washington issued his famous Thanksgiving proclamation. He did? Yes, he did. And he wrote this. He said, designating for the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving to be held on Thursday, the 26th day of November, 1789. And this would mark the first national celebration of a holiday that has become a commonplace in today's household. Wow, now that is some great history to remember. Well, and I thought you would like that. And before we get too far, we also want to share something else with you. It was on November the 11th that we celebrated Veterans Day. And we just want to acknowledge all of our veterans and to tell you how proud that we are of you. And we just want to thank you for your service. Thank you. My dad served in WW2. Did you have any relatives that served? Well, yes. My brother and my dad both served along with many of the other Fouts relatives. And, in fact, many of them served in the service going all the way back, are you ready for this, all the way back to the Revolutionary War. How neat. So, Brian, what are we sharing with our listeners tonight? Well, I told you this was going to be an interesting topic for our listeners. How so? Well, because, again, Leah, we're going to be talking about being blessed. Wow. This is going to be a fun topic for the day, folks. Well, I know you're ready, and so am I, so I want to move on because I want to just share that, you know, lately we've had some really amazing weather out here this month. Yep, I know. Hot one day, cold the next, hot and, hot and humid, then rain, then hot and burr, cold this week. Yeah, it was hot and humid yesterday, and today it's cold. Yeah. And, yes, it has been kind of strange, and it's always a gorgeous day out here in Columbus, Texas, regardless of the weather. You know, it almost feels like Christmas. (laughs) Or you just had to say it, didn't you? I did. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. (laughs) Well, anyway, while I was walking around out here, I was just still really in awe of the beauty of where we live, Mm -hmm. and began to speak these words out loud. Blessed. We are truly blessed. Oh, I love that saying, blessed. So this week I had asked you to look up this word blessed. Oh, you did? Yes, silly girl. (laughs) So what did you find out what this word really means? Oh, yeah. Well, over in the 
Webster's Dictionary, I found seven unique answers that really define this word. Seven of them, okay. Yep. So number one is having a sacred nature connected with God. Oh, I like that. The second, very 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 welcome, pleasant, and appreciated. Okay. And number three was used to make a statement more forceful and four held in reference or honored in worship. I love that one. And then five is to be hallowed. Six enjoying happiness or enjoying the bliss of heaven. Woo, that's great. And number seven is bringing pleasure, contentment, and good fortune. Well, yeah, I kind of like number six and number seven, especially the part about happiness. Yep. Okay. So, well, I don't know about you, but all of these were really cool. Well, they were. Now, there are several words in the Hebrew language for that word blessed. Now, one of these words is esher, and it means happiness, blessedness, and blessed. Hmm. Now, another word for blessed in the Hebrew language is barakah. It's actually pronounced beraha. Oh. And it means a blessing or a source of blessing. It means a blessing or prosperity. It also means a blessing, such as for a praise of God. It means a gift or a present. I'll take that. Uh-huh. Or a treaty of peace. Well, I wanted to read this scripture verse from Psalm 119, number two, in the Amplified, blessed and favored by God are those who keep his testimonies and who who consistently seek him and long for him with all their heart. So uh, which one did you like out of this, Leah? Oh, I liked the first one, to be a blessing. Well, me too. And to be a blessing or a source of blessing. And, you know, to think that we can actually be a blessing for someone else. Okay, Brian, I got this. But isn't it everyone blessed? And why should we bother to speak that word out loud? Some people may say, you know, I'm kind of a private person. Can't I just keep this to myself? Well, all good questions. And, you know, the Lord tells us to share our thoughts with him. Mm-hmm. And by reading his word out loud, we will hear the word in our mind, in our heart, in our soul, and then it will have an amazing impact in our life. And I love this passage of scripture. This is from Romans 10, verse 17, in the New International Version. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. I love it. And, you know, when we do this, the Lord will actually direct our steps and our path in life. I love how the Lord will direct our steps if we commit Him, commit them to him. This is from Proverbs 16, verse 3, from the New American Standard Bible. Commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established. And, folks, here's something that's important. When you look for the blessings in life, you will appreciate what you have 
more than what you don't have. Losing our only daughter in a murder in 2004 was devastating and heartbreaking. There was so much pain and grief, but we prayed for his peace, and he answered our prayer within 48 hours. Philippians 4-7 became one of our favorite prayers. I'm reading this from the King James Version. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And, you know, from that moment on, we were taken on a journey from restoration of our marriage and a preparation to help others who had lost a child. Mm -hmm. And this would eventually lead us into full-time ministry. We learn to be thankful for the little things in life, to appreciate what we have and do, and not complain about what we don't have. And, you know, from that very answered prayer came a gift of joy and thankfulness and changed hearts yep. and an attitude of gratitude for everything that God has provided. All things come from him. I like the way the Apostle James put it. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. You know, and our prayer and our hope is that this message tonight will lift you up and encourage you in all that you do. And sometimes it's a good way to look at life is to look back and write down all of the things that God has done for you and your family. Not what went wrong or could have, would have, should have, but to write down what God has done for you and your family. Brian, did you say write them down? Yes, write them down. Make a list. And when you do, you will see what the Lord has provided for you. Yep. And here's just a few things to ponder on, and some of these things just might match what you might be writing on your list. But you can write down, the Lord has provided for me a place for me to stay. Yep. He's provided a job, a family, a car for transportation. Mm-hmm. He's provided us for good health, for our finances, and he's also provided a hope for our future. If you are looking for help, remember this little verse to com- to com- oh sorry to comfort comfort you comfort you help duh <laughs> this is from Psalm one twenty one verse two from the Nora Nasby and my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now God can pull you out of the ashes and the ruins of your life. And he can change your heart, and he can set you on a course toward a future of hope, healing, and encouragement. He did this for us. He can do it for you. Yep. And that, my friends, is why we ask, we are sometimes asked, how are you doing? And we just simply respond, we are blessed. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I sh- want to share is as you begin your day, Stop. Take some time out to pray and to give God praise for all of the things that he has done for you and for your family. And then when you do, you too will be blessed. 
Wow, what a great study today. And our prayer and hope is that you were blessed. So, until next month. I'm Brian Fouts. And I'm Leah Fouts. And we are with Hazak Ministries, an encouragement ministry, out here by the Colorado River here in Columbus, Texas. And... Just as a reminder, we have written a couple of books about our journey and how we got into ministry. Our first book is called From Misery to Ministry, A Walk of Faith Through the Loss of a Loved One. It is a wonderful book that brings hope, healing, and encouragement to those who have lost a loved one. And it's easy to read, and it will make an impact in your life. Amen. And the book is available on our website, and we actually have a second book. Yes, we do, and it is called Steps of Faith. And Steps of Faith is an exciting adventure into learning how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And these encounters would become the stepping stones for our own Steps of Faith, learning to trust Him in all things and for all things. And we also have a third book. That's right. It's called Walking Through Grief, A Journey of Peace. And this is a great book with lots of resources and stories to help you through the grief process and to bring healing. And we also want to bless you with our message of encouragement. And pray that these books will help you to be open, willing, and obedient to the Lord. You bet. So we hope that these divine encounters will assist you in learning to take your very own Steps of Faith. Mm-hmm. You can learn more on how to order these books by visiting our website at www.hazakministries.com. That website, again, is www.hazakministries.com. And, Leah, isn't there something else that they should know? Oh, yeah. When you order the book from our website... Brian and I will personally sign your book or books. We ship the books first class so that you have in, you have them in two to three days. And if you buy one for a friend, we will ship to their address from here as well. They make great gifts. Ah, yes, they do make great gifts. And thank you, Leah. And if you would like for Leah and myself to come out and to speak at your church, uh, to your men's or women's groups or to, one of your, or to one of your special events? Oh, please contact us at 832-878-8043. That number again is 832-878-8043. And you can always reach us on our handy-dandy landline at 979-500-4256. That number again is 979-500-4256. And just a reminder, this would still be a great time to write down all of those things that you are thankful for and to share them with your loved ones and with others. You know, because I'm thankful for what Jesus did for me, that he saved me and that I can serve him doing work for the kingdom. Me too. Amen to that. And we also want to just thank you, the listeners of Reaching Out Radio, for tuning in this evening. And we just wanted to say it's an honor for Lee and I to be a featured guest here with the evangelist Montel Fields on Reaching Out Radio, where 
we are reaching out to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And so thank you again, and remember, be strong and be Hazak.